Welcome back to the Walk the Dog podcast. This week, I'm going to let my dad explain what we're talking about because it's complicated. Well, it's really more complicated only because of the situation that we find ourselves in currently. Um, We're making this special episode because right now we are officially under lockdown. That's not the terminology that they're actually using, but... um, stay safe or stay in place or stay home, something like that. I forget what the actual terminology is. But what this is all in reference to the coronavirus, which is um, floating around. And so we thought we would take advantage of the fact that we're both trapped here at home, and you probably are as well, um, to take a moment and think about what have we learned from Hollywood that could help prepare Hours of wasting our lives watching TV. (laughs) Well, not just TV, but also Hollywood in reference to movies. It's true. What things have we learned from these movies, from these television shows that could help us survive an apocalyptic situation like the coronavirus? And so what I'm going to be doing is talking specifically about things that I think that you could learn, that I've learned from these different media that would help you survive an apocalyptic situation. And then Caitlin is going to peer a little bit deeper into the world of sci-fi and why don't you explain what you're going to be doing i am going to be explaining how you can survive in any one of these tv shows or movies in case you find yourself transported to an alternate universe because we are living in strange times absolutely and if you catch one of these said viruses you might be delusional and find yourself mentally in a parallel universe and so whatever she's going over would be very helpful So we're going to go ahead and jump into this. And what we've done is we've broken it down by different movies and television shows. And so we're going to start with a TV show, um, one of our favorites that we've watched for, well, since not since the beginning as far as it came out. But once it came out and you could binge watch it, we watched it together. And we did just that, a lot of binging. And that's The Walking Dead. I actually started watching it before you. As is the case with many shows and movies, I find out if it's good or not, and then you start watching it with me. Not how I remember (laughs) it, but I'll take your word for it since I'm old. All right, you want to kick us off? Okay, I'll kick us off. So, here, I've got a couple of things. I'll I'll do one, and then we'll go back to you. We'll kind of bounce back and forth here. Um, One of the things that will help you um, that I learned from The Walking Dead to survive an apocalyptic situation would be to stay put and learn to grow corn really well. Now here's why I say that. Staying put, first of all, you'll notice in all of the episodes that gardening Mm -hmm. is always better than when they go out scavenging. True. I mean, bad things always happen when they go scavenging. Mm -hmm. So first first of all, stay put. Don't go running around. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. We're, we're locked down, so we're already kind of practicing the stay put component. Um, but the other thing that I learned is the gardening element, which would cause you to stay home. You're not scavenging for food. And um, I think what you do is you grow corn. Learn to grow corn really well. So you grow the least nutritional, nutritious, nutritious vegetable? It is starchy. It has no nutritional value. But if you eat it, it will help put on some pounds, and I haven't researched <laughs> we'll have this medically, people. but... huh? So we'll have fat-hungry people. <laughs> we'll have fat-hungry people. Okay. I mean, it would be a good staple to have because you can make a lot of things right. out of it. That's true. Not just food, 
But I'm thinking of things like this as well. Not only can you have something, would you have something to eat in a variety of different measures, um, be that ground up corn to make cornmeal and tortillas, things like that. But also you could make things from the husks or the cobs. So this would serve kind of like a dual purpose. Like the husk, you could make like shingles for roofing if you're out in the wilderness, you know, keep you dry. Um, you could make clothes out of it. I've seen people make bikinis and actual full-blown shirts. Gotta have your bikinis in the apocalypse. Gotta have your bikini in the apocalypse. And those things are going to rot off the cotton after a while. <laughs> I thought that you're talking about the bikini is going to rot off. It is. Not the, not, but not from corn husk. And if you know how to plant it well, it's easy. <clears throat> you, you got cotton, you got to weave it and all that stuff. Not only that, toys. You can make toys from the husk. You make little dolls to mm -hmm. play with, so that'll help keep your sanity. And then finally, what's one of the big problems right now? Toilet paper. Toilet paper. So you have dual function there, or dual option, not function. You could use a corn on the cob, or a corn cob mm -hmm. for wiping, or you could use a husk. So this is not all because you're from Indiana and you have a bias towards corn, is it? Uh, maybe my subconscious mind somewhere <laughs> okay. in the deep crevices the deep exists crevices. Um, <laughs> a love for corn. But, hey, as this one commercial used to say, there's more in corn in Indiana. But I digress. So what about you? Let's say we get trapped in the actual world of The Walking Dead. Right. So before we move on, you talking about how corn can be used for toilet paper. They actually have this at our local state park. So mm -hmm. we live in Newberry, which is... I don't know. It's like the ratchet version of Town of Tioga. And they have a state park, Dudley Farm, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And if you go there during, I think it's Cane Day, they have this little exhibit where it's an outhouse and they have corn because That's it was right. used as toilet paper. I do remember that. But it was weird. They would use the cobs, not the husks. Yeah, well, I don't want to get too graphic here, <laughs> but let me just simply say that the cob has crevices that happen to catch and grab things. So the husk may be a little more on the slippery side. Oh, that's true. That's true. So take us to the alternate universe. How do you survive if you get trapped right. in the actual universe of The Walking Dead? Right. Well, so it's not an easy answer. It is an apocalyptic show. So you can't just simply be a good person because you could get killed if you're a good person. We've seen that happen with Glenn and many others. Sure. And if you're really bad, you know, you might live, you might die. You might live long enough to become this weird, gray character who just kind of hangs out in jail all the time because the writers don't know what to do with him. Um, <laughs> but my strategy, other than running fast, would be to live with the Amish. The Amish? Yeah. Really? Just go in and join the Amish community. They already live pretty much without electricity. True. They're very peaceful people, so they'd probably take you in. And I mean, then on the outward, they're peaceful. On the outward, they're peaceful, like any good cult. Um, <laughs> you got to watch the Harrison Ford movie. I forget what it's called, but go ahead. And it would be great because it would also serve as the mission field, too. So you could, you know, be a missionary to the Amish community during the apocalypse. <laughs> it's a great time for people to evaluate their beliefs because everything's changing. And you get some great furniture. Great furniture. <laughs> and barn building. And barn building. And their food is outstanding. Right. They know they know how to live off the grid already. They do. I mean, they're cooking some of the best food you'll ever have. Yeah. Um, my other answer to this question 
this is really only if you know us, which I feel like most of the people who listen to the podcast know us and for some reason still choose to listen. Um, the Walters family. Mm-hmm. The Walters family, I think, would do very well in the apocalypse. They have a daughter who wishes she could be a cat. I just think that <laughs> having those feline instincts helps you get into small places, hide. Can't you're not very social, up. so you're not missing people a lot. I think that they would do great in the apocalypse. Plus, I think, you know, if it came down to it, they'd be willing to make the hard choices and sacrifice people. <laughs> they would. Um, a couple of their children, I think... Um have the potential to be cold-hearted killers. And I mean that in the kindest way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before you leave the the world of the walking dead, I I do have one other thing and it kind of fits into your first answer. Mm -hmm. And I think this transitions very well into the real world. Something that you can learn from the walking dead. And that is to create a scale of good and nice to evil and crazy. Okay. And that scale, you know, one would be you're really, really good. You're really, really nice. 10 would mean you're really, really evil. You're really, really crazy. And I think what you want to do is land somewhere on like a seven and a half or an eight so that you're you're closer to crazy evil. Because if you think about guys like Rick Grimes or Shane Walsh, his brother-in-law, I mean, they start out pretty good guys, but they, oh, that's true. You know, they either get killed themselves or people around them get killed. I mean, think of Carl. I mean, he doesn't make it. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, or if you Carl's go, not likable though. Yeah, I, I'm not talking about likable. I'm just talking about survival. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Know. I wouldn't say that he's a good guy either. He's kind of. <laughs> I think we all know why Carl died. <laughs> uh, then you go to the other scale. You know, you have somebody like the governor who was in some of those early seasons. I think around season three, or Alpha in the most recent seasons, last two seasons. Those people, they die, and the people that hang around them end up dying. Right. You know, so I think you want to get somewhere in the middle. Somebody like. Negan. If you think Negan about was Negan. not in the middle, though. Well, I, what I mean is the middle of these guys in the sense that he's probably seven and a half to eight. He's he's bad. He's evil. He's definitely crazy. Um, but he has some goodness in him. I mean, he spares Rick Grimes' little girl. He loved Carl. Dude, not at the beginning. Not at the beginning, but I'm talking about the totality if you look at his whole life. And then you take somebody like Eugene. Um, I mean, that dude is nuts. But... Oh, Eugene. Yeah. Take a minute to remember. Yeah, it's, we haven't Eugene. watched it for a while. But anyway, he's crazy, but he's brilliant. But he was also able to be a switch hitter. You know, I mean, he's with the good guys and he's with the bad guys. Yeah. And dude survives. This is true. I mean, we'll see. I'm sure that now that you've said this, those characters will die in the next episodes. <laughs> or actually, we're not caught up. No. So they could be dead already. We don't know. They could be. Um, our next one is. A TV show, another TV show, Lost, right? Yeah. Um, Lost was one of those shows that I still love to hate. And there's a lot of reasons that I feel this way, none of which we'll get into tonight because it's a whole other podcast. Um, but why don't you take us in, in, into the world of Lost? If you actually wake up one morning and find yourself on this island, how do you survive? Well, I think initially... Well, ultimately, the best strategy for survival and loss is just don't worry about it. Because in the end, none of it's really going to matter anyways. So it's fine. But I think, realistically, if you have to live in this place long term, you don't know about the writer's poor abilities. Or it seems like they have abilities as writers, but they just choose not to exercise them, as we saw with Richard's episode. Absolutely. Anyways, not to get political. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think the best strategy for surviving a loss Mm -hmm. is to just not be a main influencer. Don't be a leader. Don't be someone who's opposed to everything. Just kind of... Hide in the middle. Yeah, it's kind of on. It's kind of the same thing with survivor strategy. Hmm. I mean, you just kind of hang out in the middle. You make some plays, make some moves. Not enough to get killed off because you're not a main character. Right. But enough to where no one hates you. They might confide in you, trust you. You want to be a nice Hurley type character. Um, so, give us an example of someone that you think in the show currently fits that mold. Right. So, other than Hurley, I'd say. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the show. I would say Charlie, but he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it. Rose survives, right? Hmm? Rose? I can't remember. I feel like she survives a pretty long time, yeah. Okay. So people like that. Okay. You know, I they're probably more of the lawfully good type people. Now, knowing our personalities, neither one of us... Are that type so how would you suppress that urge I think I would be able to get behind a leader like with like what with alcohol or with alcohol I don't know to get it with a... my ability to submit to authority <laughs> okay lots of stories there is the father of this young lady that uh, we can talk about that we won't also for another podcast because I have too many stories I could tell about him <laughs> That's true. We won't go there either. Um, for me, in the real world of this coronavirus stuff, um, some things that you could learn from loss that would help you survive is don't be curious and don't be greedy. <laughs> Curiosity and greed will kill you. It all begins with the numbers, if you think about it. Those crazy numbers right. where you get these numbers and the curiosity kicks in. I mean, what happens if I play these numbers in a lottery? Um, where do these numbers to the hatch go? And what do they lead to? What do they mean? Bad stuff. And then greed comes in. You know, I'm going to play these numbers and I'm going to win the lottery. Where does that get you? On an island that you bought? No, it's an island that bought you, that owns you. That's very um, philosophical. Very philosophical. It has a hatch that leads to endless button pushing. I mean, just... <laughs> Stay away from from the greed and the and the curiosity because of these numbers. Um, Dharma Initiative. They're curious. They want to know about the electromagnetic magnetic charge, so they go there. As soon as they find it, greed sets in. Ooh, we could use this as a weapon. We could use it for power. Whatever. Um, the light in in the tunnel mm-hmm. that um, we we get at the very last season. Curiosity. What is it? What does it do? You know, why do people want it? What's it about? And then, of course, the greed sets in. The power to control life or death or whatever it is, energy. Hey, I know. I'll build a wheel and I'll control it with my wheel. It just, it, it gets you killed. You're going to die. If you find yourself in an apocalyptic situation, don't be curious. Don't be greedy. Don't ask questions. If you find a Big Mac or a double cheeseburger magically appearing in front of you, just eat the thing. Don't try to figure out where it came from. Don't ask a bunch of questions. Ingest it and enjoy it. If if some weapon appears out of nowhere, don't use it to try and go take over the world or start a village. No, use it to kill a rabbit, kill a raccoon, eat a bird. <laughs> don't be curious. Don't be greedy. It's not going to work. So 
in the world or the advice that you suggest mm-hmm. again i'm just i'm just giving it from my perspective because i live in this world this is real for me you know okay. i am in lost mm-hmm. if you follow that advice you kind of go crazy because you believe all of the apparitions you see mm-hmm. you kind of just do whatever anyone tells you so if you get under a bad leader it's like so is this advocating for insanity or no i'm not advocating for insanity at all however if you'll remember from my last thing with um the walking <laughs> dead you want to get close to crazy now you yourself <laughs> You you don't want to be crazy, but it's not bad to have some crazy people around you. As a matter of fact, I would recommend whether you're in The Walking Dead or the world of Lost or whatever, that you before you get into that world, you make a list of all of those people that you know mm-hmm. that are a little bit crazy. That bored. Okay. You don't want someone that's a maniac. Right. That person will get you killed. You don't want somebody who's totally evil, like the devil. That person will get you killed. Mm -hmm. But somewhere that rubs up against it and then you stay a little bit behind them, yeah, baby. Okay, I agree with that because that's where the Walters come in again. See? Man, I tell you, it's like we're related or something. Yeah. Wow, okay. You know, getting close to crazy is what a lot of successful reality shows are based on. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a a good philosophy developing here out of all this advice. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. Do you have anything else for Lost? That's it. That's all I got for Lost. Okay, I got one more thing for Lost. (laughs) He's had lots of time to think about this. Well, I have, you know. Too much time on my hands. That's a song. Um, song. Create nicknames like Sawyer did. Okay. So Again, another good survivor strategy. (laughs) It is. Here's why. I mean, like Jack, he called Dr. Do-Right and Dr. Giggles. He had a lot of nicknames He did. Uh, This is just a few. I'm not going down the whole list. Locke was Mr. Clean. Kate was Freckles. Um, Saeed was Captain Falafel. That was a good one. Jin and Son, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Charlie was Hobbit. But my my favorite was Hurley. He was IHOP, uh, Jumbotron, Rerun, Jabba, Stay Puff, and my favorite, which was Grimace. <laughs> but the nicknames, it's really good because you're going to get beat up. You are at some point. Oh, yeah, because all your friends are crazy. Yeah, and they're going to get mad that you're using these nicknames. But in the end, Sawyer survives, right? Up until the end of the show, whereas Jack and some of these other guys, they get bumped off. And um, I think it builds camaraderie. I mean, who was one of the most likable villains who turns out not to be a villain in the end? So he's at seven and a half, eight range, right? right? It's, It's Sawyer. And you love the nicknames. So come up with nicknames for people. So I used to have an old history teacher who had a nickname for every single person in the class, and we loved him. What was your nickname? My nickname was Special K, like the cereal. No. uh <laughs> There was another girl named Caitlin whose last name started with an A. You know what her nickname was? Special K-A? No, just K-A. So you got special K. I'm special K, (laughs) y'all. I don't know that that's necessarily something that you want. (laughs) I like the cereal. I'm down. (laughs) I like adult Frosted Flakes. They're great. They're not really Frosted, though. Yeah, they are. Not special K. The good kinds are. I don't think so. I think you're confusing it with something else. As a lady whose nickname is Special K, according to one person, I would know. Well, you know, 
put your comments, prove me wrong in the thing down here later. I think I'm right. Maybe they make a, a Special K frosted version, but if they do, I don't recall it. Because I feel like I would really like that. It's good. Yeah, I like it. And if you found a box of that, that'd be also good to eat in an apocalyptic situation. So, anyway. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, have a word from our fictitionary sponsor. And um, I believe our fictitionary sponsor um, this time is Alvin's Natural Gas Collector Nappies. So we're going to jump to that sponsorship and we'll be right back. In a world gone mad with viruses and societal breakdown, fuel sources will be in short supply. Introducing Alvin's Apocalyptic Natural Gas Collector Nappies. Worn in place of undergarments, Alvin's nappies have the unique ability to capture human flatulence. With its unique mesh fibers, gas is caught and stored in tiny cilia for later use. Once the Velcro attached pad is full, simply rip it out and submerge it in water. The patented microbial, microbial <laughs> transforms, transformers mix with the water and the methane, changing the liquid into combustible fuel to power any engine, including cars, trucks, boats, generation or generators, and even help start a fire. Each nappy comes with three large pads, which can be reused up to 1,000 times, and ex extra pads can be purchased with free shipping. So don't be caught gasless in a classless society. Order your Alvin's Apocalyptic Natural Gas Pads today. We are moving on to the movie portion of our discussion. Yeah, jump into the big screen. A movie that, um, that I, I, I liked. I did. I liked it a lot. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of this actor per se, although I did like him the very first time I saw him, which was in a sitcom. But um, the movie is I Am Legend with Will Smith. And um, yeah, it was, it, I really did enjoy the movie. I remember when you watched it, you I were a little bit- I was scarred. Huh? I didn't sleep for two months. Yeah, she was a little-, little I was what, 12? I don't remember how old you were. I was were. something like that. And my great father says, now do you think you can handle this? And of course I'm like, yeah, I'm super tough. And I can see this scary movie. And then we watched it like, five or six years later and you're like, now are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a podcast about parenting. So definitely not. <laughs> but you turned out great. So far. So far. Well, there we go. Minus, you know, two months of sleeplessness. You're all, you're okay. So scared that a zombie was, that's well, probably that where my fear you? of zombies came from. Oh, fear. Oh, okay. I, Thought that some crazy, bald, weird-looking person was going to jump out and eat me. She she won't go into a haunted house that's zombie-themed because I of wasn't that. friends with any strong black men. I was scared for my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about if you got trapped in that horrible world, because that would be horrible for you. Um, probably worse than Walking Dead, just because these zombies move a lot faster. Yeah, they're like... Intense. Yeah, they climb walls and stuff. But how would you escape if you were if you woke up in that nightmare, uh, being trapped in I Am Legend? What do you do to survive? So I feel like more than anything, this world is about the psychology of it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's true that the zombies are fast, but they, for the most part, only really come out at night. So if you're smart, true, you can kind of deal with it. So my plan would be to try to get 
to an area where technology is very advanced, like Silicon Valley or Tokyo or something like that, to where I can get the best of the best AI technology. Because I want to be able to Mm -hmm. recreate the experience of human interaction. Okay. So I don't go crazy. Oh, so this would be not so much to fight the zombies as much as it would be to maintain your sanity. You don't have to fight zombies. They're just, just don't go out at night. Read a book. Okay, so just very simply, stay in bed at night, or stay in in bed. Yeah, stay in bed, that works. Stay in your house (laughs) before the sun goes down and interact with AI. Well, because that's what ultimately gets Will Smith or whatever his character's name is killed, right? Because he goes out. Yeah, well, that's almost, which leads to what I'm going to talk about. I guess another moral, too, is just don't have a dog because it gets too sad for that. Yeah, that was sad. I'm not, I mean, we have a dog and I love him. He's great, but I'm not a dog lover. So, you know, I was thinking, I knew the dog was going to, before the show was over, but that was sad. It's worse in movies when dogs die as opposed to people. It's more sad. It is. It's, it's pretty sad. Um, one of the things that I, and we're going to come back to this whole thing of what got Will killed or whatever his name was, Dr. He's one of those actors where no matter what movie he's in, he's, his name's just Will Smith. Yeah, he's always Will Will Smith. And he always takes his shirt off. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, that in the real world, so for those of you who are fighting through this coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, if things go crazy and the whole society breaks down, um, if this this virus gets out of control and, and maybe you're somewhat immune like Will was or doctor, whatever his name. Um, one of the things that you must do is avoid the mannequins. <laughs> you have to stay away. This is true. From the mannequins, because if you, if you look in the movie, you see him, he goes into that video store, right? And he's talking to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, at first you're, you, he's trying to do it. Cause what you're talking about trying to stay sane, right? That's where your AI thing comes in. Well, he he he's not doing that. He's talking to these to these mannequins, um, and that that's ultimately what causes some serious problems. Right. Um, ultimately, the death of his dog, which we'll talk about in just a second. But don't do that. You've got corn husk. <laughs> Make Again, dolls corn. out of the corn husk or the Best cobs. Plant in the world. <laughs> um, they're going to be used against you at some point. Mm-hmm. These mannequins are <laughs> like they were used against him. They were used as bait. I mean, think about it. Had he never started talking to those stupid mannequins in that video store, he would have never been tempted. Hey, Fred, what are you doing there? Cause you know, the zombie goes and gets Fred, the mannequin and sticks it in front of that government building. And he's like, how did he get there? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if I see a mannequin there, and I've been there, you know, multiple times, and all of a sudden there's an. I I wonder too, but it's because of this faux relationship that he has with this stupid mannequin that he goes up to Fred. What are you doing? You tell me right now. It's crazy. I would look at that and realize. I remember doing the podcast about mannequins in the apocalypse. Don't go up to the mannequin. I would see the mannequin and be like. What are you doing there? Too bad I can't hang around to find out and then leave. Right. Right? You know, this is actually a really good strategy because when they rebooted um, Doctor Who, one of the first episodes was about evil mannequins. So it, it works on a number of levels. 
in the real world and in the fantasy world as well. Well, Doctor Who is real in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like Harry Potter. Um, anything else that you had on I Am Legend? I didn't have a lot on I Am Legend. I'm going to go where the smart people are. I'm going to hang out with some robots, get my Omegle on. Sophia the robot will be great. I think I feel like there's a mental block there for you. Probably. A mental block? Well, I mean, in that you didn't think of more things with this because... I think my strategy is great. Well, I'm not saying your strategy is wrong. I'm just saying that you didn't think of anything else to talk about simply because there's a repressed deep fear that you don't <laughs> want to go picking at that scab too deeply. I have something else. Um, and this, this is going to be really beneficial for introverts like you and me. Um, it's not going to be a problem at all. And that is... If you find yourself in real life in an apocalyptic situation, there's a virus outbreak or whatever, um, do not, I'm going to emphasize this, do not accept new people. Stay away from them. When that lady comes up with the, the boy that's with her, I don't know if it's her son or, or who it is, but everything falls apart after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, initially they put her out as some kind of hero, right? She rescues him because his car gets flipped upside down or whatever, and she, you know, brings the bright lights in and scares them all away, and she helps him get back to the house. But what she doesn't do is the ammonia to cover the tracks because she doesn't know. So he wakes up, you know, he's got a sore head, and he and she's eating his bacon. That's another thing. You bring new people into your world, and they're going to eat your bacon. <laughs> And if you think bacon is a priceless commodity right now, I can't even imagine what it would be like in an apocalyptic situation. So look, stay away from the new people. Only hang with people that you know. Because you're going to die if you bring him in. Right, but it's because of his relationship with them that they ultimately find... So it's like humanity saved. Will Smith isn't saved, but humanity is. Yeah, and I'm not looking or even thinking about humanity. I'm thinking about me. Because if I'm dead... Doesn't matter what happens with the rest of humanity at that point for me. I'm dead. Right. It's over. So we're talking about survival here. It sounds cruel. It sounds heartless. And perhaps it is. But don't let the new people in. And you could look at it in the other shows too. Same types of things happen. Mm. New people come in, mess everything up. You can't trust new people unless you know them. Well, are all people new at some point? At some point. But like you, I mean, I've known you since you were born. I was there before you were born. So I know what I can expect from you. Same thing with your brother. Same thing with your mom. My parents and so on. You know, friends that I've known for a very long time. But someone who just shows up on the doorstep, you need to turn them around. Have a, You can be generous. Give them some corn husk and some cob and some corn seeds. Say, go start your own village. Mm-hmm. Can't hang out here. Everyone can have all of my plant seeds because I cannot keep anything alive to save my life. If that was my job in the apocalypse, we would all die because I cannot grow anything. This is very true. Her thumb is not green by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, don't let her plant your corn. Let me do that. I'm not necessarily, you know, some kind of jolly green giant, but I've had a little more success with that kind of stuff. Turn the new people away. Turn them away. Next up, A Quiet Place. So what do you got for that? No, I don't really have anything. <laughs> I don't I don't either. 
All right, the last, <laughs> last, <laughs> the last show, actually. So we're going back to the TV shows to wrap it up. We got Supernatural, a show that's actually still on. That's right, like it Walking is. Dead. Um, I feel like Supernatural, as with any good sci-fi fantasy show, you go through a lot. You know, there's some great stuff, there's some bad stuff. It's it's like having a family, man. Like sometimes it's great, and sometimes you're like, man, why am I still here? Well, I guess I am, though. That's absolutely true. And and you and I, probably if anyone in the family, are the biggest fans of the show. Yeah, definitely. To the point where we actually went to one of their Comic Con, yeah, whatever. That was super con. I don't it know. It was what kind of depressing. It, <laughs> it was, was we were fun because I mean you were doing it. But it was a little bit like, okay. Which is a whole nother podcast also. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. How how would you survive? To see my dad as a middle-aged man. (laughs) I didn't know. Some actors that all the girls think are awesome. Yeah, I did not know until I got there that that stupid thing was, had turned into the, their fan base is 99.9% girls from the age 13 to 19. So, yeah, it is a little uncomfortable to say <laughs> we'll the least. We'll have to do a podcast about that. We will, but um, not today. So, my initial thoughts of how to survive in the the supernatural world, mm-hmm. just don't be friends with the Winchesters. <laughs> I mean, that's super easy. As, me and you would be really bad, too, because you're like a wise old man, so you're definitely dead. I'm a young lady, so we would die. Like, you die after me. But you uh, still die. Like, Bobby dies. True. Dad dies. All the, the strong men die. Um, and I would be dead, too, because I'm a lady. So the girls never live. So how would you avoid the Winchesters? Because you know, if you're in that world, they're going to want to befriend you. Or something's going to happen to try to set yeah, that Yeah, I up. think I would be in another franchise. Like, I would be an actress for, like, a Marvel movie or something that they can't really get into that universe. Um, speaking of which, Scooby-Doo, that episode. The what? The Scooby-Doo episode they did. Oh. That made everything worth it. It was amazing. It may be one of the best episodes they ever did. It is beautiful. If you've not seen that one, even if you never watched Supernatural show, you should go watch that episode. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so yeah, just don't be friends with the Winchesters. Don't be a middle child. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, just don't, don't do it. That's pretty good advice. I, I can't <laughs> argue with that because I think all the proof is there in all the episodes. Yeah. So what do you have? Okay. So transitioning again out of the world of fantasy into the real world, what can you learn from a, a show like Supernatural in the midst of the coronavirus or some other terrible tragedy that befalls um, humanity, throwing it into the tizzy that it's in? And I was thinking a lot about this, and it really kind of had to rack my brain because of all of the shows, um, it is by far the most out there um, in the sense that it's it's supernatural. So if you don't believe in the supernatural, then um, the show probably is going to be that helpful for you. Now, we do believe in the supernatural, but still it was difficult to come up with something. And the more I thought about it, it finally dawned on me. Learn Latin. Yes, but how does this apply? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you might ask me that. So I have a couple of answers. Um, First of all, 
nobody speaks Latin anymore. Right. Right. And so it becomes a great code to be able to communicate with each other. Okay. You could, this you is could true. talk because if you if you watch any of these survival shows and, and even supernatural in its own way, there are times when it would be really helpful when you're talking to someone on a cell phone or on a walkie-talkie um, and you're not face-to-face and and you need to be able to communicate via code. Right. You know? So some bad guys got you, you know, you're locked up or they got a gun to your head and um, you're being asked a question. I can respond in code. I don't know what the heck we're saying. Or if they're listening in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're listening in. Do you get that channel seven, lucky number seven? Or... Supernatural, probably Channel 6. Um, <laughs> 666? Uh, yeah. It's you, not you, real wood. Does it help? I know. It's, not, <laughs> it's pretty cheap wood. Um, anyway, that code, it, it, or it would serve as a code so that people who are listening in probably aren't going to know what it is that you're talking about or what okay. you're saying. So learning Latin for code. Okay. So I, I think I for that. code would be one reason. And then... Just in case for all of you non-believers out there, um, in the supernatural that is, if the supernatural turns out to be true and there's a real demon that starts manifesting, I mean, if I've learned anything from the supernatural show, uh, you need to learn Latin to send that thing back to hell. Yeah. So I don't know any Latin words at all, I don't think, um, that I could repeat Mm -hmm. off the top of my head. But when they do their little whatever exorcism that sends those suckers back to where they came from so yeah yeah, you know you you run into some demoniac and um you don't know what to do latin would become extremely helpful in that scenario that's true i've also heard people say that you should just have a hula hoop that's filled with salt and just (laughs) walk around hula hooping which seems like for those of you who don't know salt if you're inside a salt circle square whatever supposedly evil spirits can't go past that right so yeah that if you had a hula hoop filled with salt that'd probably be a good idea yeah to keep them out while speaking latin while speaking latin you got anything else for this if you're trapped in that real world yeah so i think realistically to survive in this world is i would get really really good at knowing a lot about a very specific thing a specific faith thing oh thing so like me but i know a lot about vampire teeth and i'm the only one who knows about vampire teeth and unless you do what i say you're never going to know about vampire teeth because it tends to be the characters that survive are the ones that have this very specific set of skills that you can kind of like come to every once in a while maybe twice a season you're not there that often like you don't want to be right. in heaven because that's bad so you don't want to be a prophet or anything that useful you yeah, don't want like put a target on your back right so for instance i interviewed this professor at uf who was basically a specialist in fulgurite which fulgurite is for those of you who don't know it's when lightning strikes sand and then you're left with this little lightning fossil because the sand crystallizes and then it's hollow in the middle where the lightning was so like that's a very specific thing that he knows a lot about which if, wouldn't be very helpful in the show but well, go ahead but i'm sure it would be i'm sure there's some lightning demigod out there <laughs> who can only be defeated if you capture a fulgurite and smash it and say a latin uh, well so chant. let me ask you this question what would you specialize in that's a great question um i don't know i didn't i didn't think that far so yeah, well, well one thing i 
that's the whole point of this. I mean, you got to be thinking this could happen right now. That's true. In high school, I did a paper on on monsters. And so the thesis was that. something along the lines of all great monster literature and lore is based on the fact that humanity sees evil in themselves and we put it on to these fictional monsters to make ourselves feel better. Like, oh, see, that's, that's just our imagination. We're not really like that. But if you look at like Mary Shelley from Frankenstein, she had a lot of issues with her father and kind of the list goes on as you look at some of these famous authors. So I might have something in the realms of, I would know a lot about Victorian literature authors because for (laughs) sure some of those people were, they were dealing with some stuff and some of that stuff, I would not be surprised if it came back to to haunt us. But I'm still trying to figure out how that would help you. I mean, what are you going to do? Read a book to them or? I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, so I'm a college student. That's one thing that they're not. So I have access to all of these libraries with my student ID that they don't have access to. They can hack, uh, you know, police records, but can they get into a student library? I don't know. That's a good question. And there's definitely a lot of material there in a student library that right. would be beneficial in that world to help. Because, I mean, you know, all kinds of mantras or spells or chants whatever other kind of nonsense uh you could find on a in particular a lot of different religious systems that definitely in that show would be beneficial yeah and i think in general too even if you have a weird hobby you're likely to be the subject of like an episode or something like Mm -hmm. oh man my bed and breakfast that only has trampolines for beds has ghosts and i need them out and then like, everything happens, and some of your friends die, but then at the end, you still have your trampoline by breakfast, <laughs> and it's okay. Everyone moves on. They don't come back. It's just, well, yeah, that's, it works out. That's very interesting. Um, jumping back into uh, the world around us, this <clears throat> virus-infected place, one of the things that um, I've always found to be true, and it's not just in Supernatural, although it seems to happen in those types of TV shows a lot, mm-hmm. or this seems to happen. And that is, and this, it seems to happen to the guys more than the girls, but it, it could apply on both sides. Do not be seduced by someone that would normally be way better looking than you to get that kind of a person to like them. In other words, if someone is, you know, take me for instance, that there's a lady that is just ridiculously attractive, like my wife, which is just kind of weird. I should have been suspicious. Thank God I didn't have to worry about it. But you have somebody that you know, there's no way that person wants to kiss me. There's no way that person wants to give me a hug, wants to make out. You need to to follow that instinct. That's right. Don't go hug them. Don't let them kiss you. That person's a demon. Because they are way out of your league, and they they are not interested in you, and so if you do that, you're gonna die. Yeah. See. Okay. In general, this is good advice, but in the supernatural world, this does not make sense because the girls always end up dying. The girls do die a lot, but it does get Dean and Sam into a lot of trouble at different times, and definitely um, some of what I would call the C characters that show up for maybe like one episode. Yeah. Um, sure. No name people. They're always getting killed off by these wonderfully attractive women that are demon possessed, or they're actual demons. And, you know, so, hey, come here, big boy. And, and the guy's fat and bald and probably has bad breath. 
Come on, dude. Really? You think that that girl is into you? Uh, something suspicious here. Okay. So in the real world, I mean, people are dying from all kinds of viruses. They got all kinds of you know, grotesque grotesqueries of face and boils and stuff. And, and if you survive, you probably have some of that on your face. And then some really attractive person comes up. Full makeup, you know, no boils, no seeking pus, any of that kind of stuff. And they want to, and they want to make out with you. Come on. (laughs) Something's not right here. And that, that right there should cause you to believe in the supernatural because something that is not natural and that will kill you. Don't trust the girl without boils. (laughs) That's exactly, at least in an apocalyptic situation. In the real world that we do live in, mm-hmm. you know, ugly guys end up with beautiful girls all the time. They so do. are you suspicious of those couples? Um, <laughs> I think I'm suspicious of those couples if if I saw how if if I saw when they first got together, and let's say we so you got Joe here who's ugly as a mud fence post and you've got jill over here who's just this gorgeous mop if she's looking across the room and going and he's like so it's like a silent film yeah i mean it's like that's not that's not how that happened i don't think it's how it happens in any relationship exactly so no i don't i'm not overly suspicious of some ugly guy who has a very good looking (laughs) wife or girlfriend because they probably it wasn't that but that's what you see in this show. You see someone who's very attractive looking at someone who's very hideous and trying to seduce them. And they're like, oh, duh, she's, she thinks I'm good. Look. And they go over and they're dead. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not suspicious of those people. Heck, I mean, look at me. Um, I don't think I'm suspicious of me or people are suspicious of me and my wife. I'm but always a little suspicious of you. <laughs> you're a little suspicious? I'm a little superstitious, yeah. Little stitious. Little stitious. Little stitious, yeah. Anyway, that I think that that's really good advice because it's just not real, man. She <laughs> is not into you, and it is a trap, and you're going to die. There's a lot that Proverbs has to say about that, so that's very true. <laughs> Before we wrap up, well, mm-hmm. do you have anything else about Supernatural? I you to think add? I'm good. Okay. I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs to honorable mentions to some of the shows and movies we didn't get to talk about and partially some of them because they did not survive the TV apocalypse. So you got Colony, Wayward Pines, Jericho, Falling Skies, just to name a few. And I just wanted to to give my respects to some of those TV shows, some of them fallen. Um, We can't all make it. Yeah, they can't all make it. And even though some of those actually made it to a conclusion of a sort, some of them did not. Um, the endings in any of those were not strong. You know, they certainly were weak and um, would not be beneficial really to help, I, I don't think. That's why they didn't make our list. You'd have to think and dig a lot harder. But yeah, I agree with you. Those are all shows that maybe you could pull something from. Um, and and there's, there's a list of other shows that you could... As a matter of fact, we'd like to know what are some of the shows that you think you could learn information from whether it's if you're stuck in that world or pull it into the real world to help you survive an apocalyptic situation it could be a movie could be tv um what are those shows put it in the comments below and um what would you learn from it that'd be great we'd love to read it like we've read all of the hundreds of thousands of other comments in our other (laughs) podcast even the the spam ones we read those too (laughs) we just wanted to pay our respects to the fallen tv shows 
it's okay. Most of us don't die strong. And hope that you guys are staying healthy. We will bark at you next time. Peace.